0: wheels are rolling rolling all along the highway wheels that keep a rolling all the night and day singing a song of the men behind the motor trucks a song of safety and service all along the way hey welcome to another episode of the classic pickup podcast i'm your host michael whips and i hope you enjoy this episode
1: Episode 47. This week I catch up with Wes Bracken. Wes has got a 55 Chevy stepside pickup that he's done a really great job with. He he bought this thing uh, kind of sight unseen, had it built to a degree in, in the States, then had it shipped back, and then he's he's got a bunch more work done to it over here in Australia. So really cool story, really different um, style of build. So really good interview with Wes. Uh, look forward to uh, sharing this one with you. One thing he missed out on saying in an interview and he wanted to really make sure he got out there was a big thank you to big j's automotive in blacktown so a lot of help getting this build finished uh like to firstly put out a real big thank you to a couple of new patreons that we've got for the podcast so these guys have gotten onto patreon and giving us a bit of uh financial support to help just pay for the hosting and and that sort of stuff so mark nichols thank you very much mate appreciate your input and also alan anderson For getting on board as well. So, yeah, if you're interested in uh, supporting us through Patreon, um, shoot me a message if you don't know how to do it, or just check out patreon.com forward slash classic pickup podcast. That should take you to the page. So, you can make a monthly donation if you're enjoying the podcast and you want to be a little bit more supportive and and help out with a few things. Also, coming up, uh, I'm going to do a bit of an interview with the guys running this and get a bit more info, but I thought I'd just put it out there for you Ford guys um, to chuck this one in your diary, but the 7th Annual F-Series Roundup is coming up. It's uh, June 11th till 13th. So I guess that's the Queen's birthday long weekend, I think. So it's down at the Lake Hume Resort in Aubrey, Wodonga. And uh, that's all F-Trucks and Broncos welcome. So check that one out. They've got a Facebook page. If you're on Facebook, it's called F-Series Roundup. 2021. Uh, it'd be really cool to see uh, a heap of classic boards all in one place and cruising around uh, my area. So I really look forward to that one. I'm going to try and uh, have a bit of a look. Uh, apart from that, I think that's all the news. i was sort of still ticking along with my build. Still pretty busy. Obviously, uh, as you can tell, I haven't put out a podcast for a few weeks, and I apologise for that. But uh, we're back. Uh, we're back on track. I've got an episode with Wes coming up now, and. Uh, Already recorded the next one, so certainly a couple coming up. So thanks, guys, for listening. Really appreciate everyone's support. I appreciate everyone's messages. Um, I did get a few messages from people saying, is everything okay? You haven't put one out for a little while. So thanks for that. I am okay. I'm just uh, a little bit busy and uh, trying to keep up with all this. So thanks, guys. Uh, Appreciate your support. And I hope you enjoy this episode of Where's Bracken. Wes mate, thanks for catching up with us on the podcast, taking a bit of time out of your schedule. Um been sort of chatting for a little while on Instagram and and good to finally uh even though it's through a computer,
2: just uh good to meet you mate. How are you? Yeah, not bad, mate. Thanks, um thanks for having me. Um I've listened to all forty six episodes of the of the podcast. So um it's uh it's really good what you do. I, I enjoy it. So yeah, and it's helped me along the way in my build. So. Yeah, cool. I mean, that's all we're really trying to do, isn't it, is get everyone
1: together and, and share a bit of information. And, yeah, if if someone takes a, a snippet out of every episode, then, then I think that we've achieved a goal. And if not, it's just a bit of
2: entertainment, so it's good fun. Yeah, exactly. Um, And, and if we can't all help each other, that you know, and, and we all share a common interest, then... Why bother? Yeah, absolutely.
1: So, what what's your you know we you've listened to every episode you know how this rolls. What what's your early influences? What what got you first looking at uh, cars or hot rods or motorbikes or or whatever it is? What are your first memories?
2: Okay, um, so um, my my dad wasn't really what you'd call a, a, a car guy, although had many and varied cars over his his lifespan. um the the one i remember most is his, uh 72 ls mara when i was uh i think in year seven the last week of school um he, he let me have the week off and and i helped him pull the, the vinyl roof off the top um so that the car could go away and, and be resprayed. so that was Sort of what sort of kick-started it, I suppose. And then he end up he end up swapping that car many years later for an EH Holden that I'd big to have because by that stage I was uh, just about seventeen and, and ready to start driving. So uh, that never eventuated. That car went to my brother, unfortunately, but um, I, I did get to drive it every so often. And did he do the LS swap in it, or that had already happened? No, 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 no. Uh, What I mean is a HQ LS Monaro. Like, LS is the the model. Um, so it wasn't, it wasn't a HQ GDS. It was a HQ LS. Two door, um, twin headlight front end, um, coming out standard, I think, with a 253, 4.2 liter V8. Um, which we, uh, amongst, uh, you know, other people swapped from the 253 to a 308. Um, and it was just an automatic. It wasn't, wasn't a tire fryer. It was just our, our family car. Um, I remember driving down the street to home on, on the way home when I was sort of six and seven year old sitting on dad's lap you know and he let me steer the car home while he you know
1: while we were two or three hundred meters from the house so yeah yeah common a common memory i think and you know i really hope that dads are still doing that now with their kids you know like uh, there's laws and you know we have to follow the laws and i'm you know I'm a bit of a stickler but you know you've got a you got to have a little bit of fun and when it's safe and the right place to do it, uh, I think that's awesome because, like, you know, you remember it to this day as, as something that you're fond of and, yeah, I think that's great. Yeah, it's um, it'd still be nice to have that two-door
2: uh, Holden, wouldn't it? Huh. Oh, there's uh, many unlawful things i do to have that car back.
1: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, cool. So, so your brother got an EH and that's what, you had wanted what what did you end up with as your as your first whip As uh, my first car
2: um well the first car that i purchased i had a full door 1200 Datsun sedan um which would make the uh to gutter guys pretty happy um mm. uh, although I, I tried in vain to kill that car and, and couldn't i drove for uh, about three and a half weeks with no oil in the engine and it just wouldn't die. Um, moving on from that, I went to... My, my father and my brother uh, helped me build a VC SLE Commodore, a, a 1980 model, um, which, uh, which we picked up less motor and gearbox uh, for, for a price that we couldn't walk away from and I think it was like something stupid like a thousand dollars and we put 500 bucks towards it and bought a motor and gearbox and put it in ourselves so and at that stage I was only just turned 18 maybe maybe 17 and a half I, I still didn't have my full license so I wasn't very old.
1: Yeah yeah and so your brother's older by the sounds of it? yeah he's uh he's eight years older than me yeah okay so he's a good bad good bad influence
2: on you yes and no (laughs) (laughs) there's there could be more bad than good um although he'd probably say the opposite There, there was probably more good than bad
1: and so you know did you were you up in New South Wales at this stage? Still, you, you you're a you know you have always been in New South Wales. Was there a, a power to weight ratio
2: when you were on your P's like it was down here in Victoria for us? No, mate. No, when uh, when I when I got my license, uh, there was um, there was a computer test, so you had to go and do the knowledge test, and then you had to to go and do a, a driving test. The day I remember the day that I did mine. Uh, It was raining that hard that the the instructor just said, look, I'm not even going to worry about a three-point turn or a a parallel path. It's raining too heavy. You can't see out the back window. You can't see out the side mirror. Do everything else and we'll just call it a day. I I could have done them, but, you know, I didn't have to. So that was a bonus for me. And, And the day after I got my pizza, I could have gone and bought a Junior HO Falcon and towed a 23 and a half foot caravan
1: behind it the very next day. Wow, that's cool. When I was in when I was in high school, uh we yeah, I I had a Ford Fairlane V8, which is a 302, I think I had a Clevo in it. So I think they're a 4.9 litre. Mm-hmm. And I know that the Commodores that had the five liters in them. You couldn't drive them on your P's, but you could drive the Ford because of the different displacement and the power-to-weight ratio just worked out. So, yeah, a lot of those guys were sort of driving the smaller uh, Holden V8s, whereas, um, you know, I grew up a Ford man thanks to my old man's brainwashing. And, uh, yeah, and it was always V8 um, 302s for me, and and we used to love sort of hanging that on all our mates. But uh, my best mate had an RS... 2000. Does that sound right? The Escort? Yep, little yep. Little Escort, little. yeah. Oh, that
2: thing was quick. <laughs> it used to look, flog the crap out of my car. Look, my, my brother went to school with um, a guy named Mark Dallacqua, who you may or may not know the name. Uh, back in the day, uh, he had one of the only um, 351 Cleveland powered RS2000 Escorts. Oh, and, um, that then became blown. He's a, uh, uh, a, a burnout master. Uh, I think he's, uh, I think he's in the Hall of Fame if, if they have such a thing. Um, he, um, his green escort, um, had DMT 351 number plates. And, and because my brother went to school with him, he built two more after the green one, a red one. And a yellow one. And, and when they did the red one, it was driven in as a four cylinder on Friday afternoon and driven out on Monday morning as a three and, and just took a weekend and, and there was only, I think, four guys that, that worked on the car.
1: Obviously didn't
2: have to wait for an engineer's report at that stage. No, no. He, uh, Mark is, um, he is a, a qualified mechanical engineer now. Um, Although he's not someone that can engineer your vehicle, um, he's not on the um, not on the the sort of list.
1: And so, so when did your interest in you know uh, American style pickups kind of come across? I, I see at one stage you had a, a 72 C10. You know, was that was that the first pickup you had, or have you had
2: quite a few over the years? No, that that was my first. Um, uh, I I was I, I used to be uh, riding to E.H. Holden. Um, I was the secretary of the club for, for four or five years, and and I had an E.H. panel van that I'd taken the six cylinder out of, and I was putting a Lexus quad cam V8 into with a Eaton M90 supercharger. All the mechanical stuff was done. Uh, there was just some wiring that was plaguing the whole build and I, I couldn't get anybody to help me. I couldn't get anybody that knew these motors to to sort of diagnose the issue. So that that project um was never quite finished and I I ended up I listed it for sale um and, and just got no bites at, you know, even relatively close to what the car would be worth to build yourself i had people offering stupid sums like eight thousand dollars you know when there was there was eight thousand dollars worth of engineering that went into the car let alone the uh, rust free body that was you know almost rarer than rock and ship uh at the time so uh that i had one guy contact me from i think dubbo or, or somewhere like that and said to me look i've got this 72 c10 that's running registered you know a complete package, and uh, he, he wanted to see if I was would consider swapping my EH for that car. And, and after a no-show, um, I sort of had, had put it to bed and, and thought, look, I'll just finish the car and keep it. And um, he contacted me again two months later out of the blue and said, look, you know, sorry I didn't turn up. I, I got called into work on some bullshit story. Um, and, uh, actually bought the car down for me to have a look at. Uh, I took it for a drive. We got a mechanic in mind to, to have a look at it and, and, you know, tell me whether it was gonna die the day after he took my EH away on a trailer and, um, so the deal was done. Um, nine weeks I owned the car for, um, Basically that seventy two C ten was only in my possession to finance my fifty five. That that's it was just a means to end. Yeah, right. So you managed to
1: I guess that was easier to sell than the E H was, right? Is is where that's sort of coming
2: from in the long run, isn't it? Exactly yeah. right, yeah. exactly right. I mean a, a, a running registered vehicle in comparison to a, a half-finished project is always going to sell easier um and, and there was a bigger bigger demographic the car actually went down the way somewhere um so i am uh i i advertised it on gumtree i think the guy looked at the photos rang me and said like the money will be in your accounting today yeah didn't, cool. didn't want to come and look at it nothing so Away it went. And did you get
1: what you kinda of wanted for the panel van out of the C ten? Um close enough?
2: Yeah yeah, about it was about five grand less that I got yep. for the C ten than, than I wanted for the E H but um I was already willing to, to cut that five grand if somebody had come to me with, with cash money anyway. So it worked out about the same.
1: Yeah, awesome.
2: All right, so
1: let's, let's talk about the 55. So you got a 55 Chevy. It's a short bed step side, and I'm assuming you found that online because it was in America. How, tell us a little bit about how that happened. Were you looking for it, or did it just come across, you know, you just popped up on, on Marketplace, or, you know, how did you find the truck? No, no,
2: no. I, I, was, I was physically searching. Um, and and trying to look everywhere I could find within Australia so I didn't have to go through the whole import process. Couldn't really find anything that was within my budget. And not only within my budget, but halfway decent for that sort of money. So uh, of all places, I I bought my truck from eBay. Now, uh, the the guy that I bought my truck from still has an eBay ad running. Um, if you type if you go to eBay and type in fifty five Shed pickup, you will see his ad. I'm not going to say who he is. If somebody came to me and said, Would you buy another car from him? It would be a very, very hard decision. But knowing what I know now, look for what the car owes me, I stole it. Um and and would I go through it again? Maybe. If, if the transfer of funds could happen differently. Um, because it basically, uh, I contacted him. He stepped me through the whole process. Uh, basically I had a 50% deposit. But sorry, uh, yeah, 50% when he found me a truck because he physically didn't have a truck. He was going to New Mexico to find a truck. Um, so 50% down when the truck arrived to his premises. And then once it was all pulled down back to a bare chassis, the new motor and trans were in, then it was the second 50%. So I had all my money in the hole eight weeks after I spoke to him
1: initially. Mm. Okay, so he's he's running a little business where he's basically selling a vehicle he doesn't even have on eBay and then you find out that he's running a business where he'll locate a vehicle and he'll do a heap of work for you and you'll end up with a
2: vehicle. That's an interesting uh, setup. All on trust. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now, now I've, I was told by... Shit, if, if I had a dollar for every person that had told me, you know, is this truck ever going to even turn up because it even exist? I wouldn't have to work. Yeah. But to his credit, it turned up. It was exactly what he said it was going to be. I have, on my Instagram, I have 180-odd photos of the complete build process from the day it turned up, the way it turned up, to the way it looks now. Um, and I was told initially that from date of initial deposit, six to nine months, my my truck would be on the ship on its way to me. Uh, it was basically two and a half years before the truck got on the ship, and and, and it came down to listen. Either it goes on the truck this coming Friday, I'm going to fly to Vegas, beat my money out of you and take my truck while I'm there. And basically I was sent a photo of him in his military kit and said, I'm in, Arizona, I'm in Arizona, mate. He said, go your hardest. They will never find really? anybody. <laughs> so if that sort of made me step back a few pegs and go well okay maybe maybe he is worth what he said he's worth and and maybe he's not pulling my leg and sure enough i got an email a week later saying that my truck was at the um at the la docks waiting to be loaded into a container
1: yeah cool so so did he initially you know did you have a it'll have a Mustang two front end, it'll have a Crate 350. Was it, was it like a stepped out build that yep. you had? Did you have any options on that? Like, could you say to him, no, I want whatever, I want a different motor, or I want a different suspension. Like you had some options or was it, this is what we do, that's what you're getting? Um,
2: for, for the set base price, there was a set list of inclusions. Yes, it will be a small block, Yes, it will have a Mustang 2 front end. Yes, it will have a, a Turbo 700. You know, yes, it'll have um, an I did it steering column with, you know, you pick the steering wheel and, and we'll put it on for you. Um, yes, it'll have brand new bedwood stained whichever color you want. Uh, it will have the interior whichever color you like. It will have whatever paint color you like. Um, initially I said to him, look, I want a patina look. I don't want it painted. Um, However you find it, that's how I want it. And he basically, he refused that and said, look, that's not the way we do things. Um, We blast everything so that we can repair the rust Um, because these trucks are 60-odd years old, 70 years old. So, you know, we, we want to make sure that we're doing the right thing by you and I'm not sending you a, a, a container for a Swiss cheese, basically. Yeah.
1: No, that's, that's, that's a good business model for him. I mean, he's not going to have you ringing him up in a year's time saying, Hey, there's a hole in the floor or there's, you know, a chunk of bog just fell out of a paint job. Like what the hell's going on? So yeah, No, yeah, that's, that's good. I mean, it's a really different story to, to any that I've heard so far, realistically, like, I um I think he's got a good business model. Uh, I'm not so sure about his advertising methods, but, you know, it sounds like at the end of the day, even though it took longer than it should have, you, you're you a fairly happy customer as far as what he provided for the money.
2: Look, um, if if the worst thing to come out of the whole thing was the amount of time that it took for the truck to get here, then I'm years in front. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, you know, I... Oh, I've sort of done some rough sums and and looked at what it would cost me to build the truck or or, or to import a a basket case, let's say, because that's the way it turned up to him. Import a basket case and redo the truck here to exactly what he did there. I saved 40-odd green.
1: Yeah, I mean, he, he can go down to Brothers Trucks and get a patch panel or you know he can go to LMC or, or wherever he needs to go to get the bits. You know he can go and pick up a crate motor every day of the week because they're sitting on a shelf at Pep Boys probably. You know, like that's yeah, that, yeah. That's not a bad that's not a bad way to to look at it. And so, did you ever have a conversation with him as far as there's certain things here in Australia that we we can't get engineered? So I don't want you to do this, this or that, or. Or was it his his plan was pretty basic, and you were confident that you could do some extra work later and get it engineered? How did that work?
2: So it was. Um, it, it turned out for the best for me. Uh, our mutual friend Troy Brady happened to be, and I'd used Troy prior to this for the initial engineering for my EH. So I already knew Troy. He was going to SEMA that year. And where my truck was being built was 15 minutes down the road from SEMA. So yeah. I, I said to the guy in the US, look, I've got my engineer coming to SEMA next week. Can he come there and can he go through with you what is required by law in New South Wales? And, and he was totally for that. You know, he um, he said, yeah, look, that's no problem. Um Troy went there, had a few beers with him, discussed all the options. Troy looked at the the bear chassis and uh and the new Mustang 2 front end that had already been put in and and was basically happy with with what he saw. Um so the only thing that that happened later on in the build to to sort of screw that up was they had a, a indicator fail in the steering column so they had to pull that steering column out and replace it and because i'd upped him and said get it on the boat he couldn't get another collapsible steering column so he, he had oh, to put yeah. a, a non-collapsible in and, and when troy when it arrived in sydney troy came and had a look and went oh man what's going on it, it, mm. as far as i knew there was a collapsible going in Said, "Well, mate, you and I are on the same page here. I, I don't know what happened, so that was a sort of a thousand-dollar expense that I hadn't taken into account. But as I say, I'm still I'm still streets ahead of, of where I would be if i tried to build this truck here, or or even buy one finished in the states and import it, because." It's a lucky dip. You you don't know what you're getting. No, no.
1: And and did you did you originally say to him, I want a 55, or was it you know, 55 through 57? What what were your parameters
2: for him for research? So so he does 55 through 59. Um. So he he asked me what what year model do you want? What paint color do you want? What trim color do you want? Um, you'll get all the basic inclusions. Uh, I said that I didn't want the spare holder on the guard, um, so he deleted that and make sure that I got two standard guards with, without the spare holder. Yeah, just he has a he has a prefab uh, basic inclusion sheet, and he he will make a truck right hand drive for you if you want for an extra five grand us here you can have a big block if you want it you can have a power glide if you want it. you know all of the options you can have an ls as far as i'm aware i, I think you've even stepped into that arena so you know it, my 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 initial plans when this first started was if this is going to take six to nine months then The first one will drop here, I'll register it, flip it and buy two more and have two more on the way. And when they drop, I'll flip them and buy four more. That was my initial business plan and and Mm. wanted to become the the Australian of his business Um, and, and had at length talking with him. Around that, Um and he was all for that until the point came that you know he only wanted to pay me two hundred and fifty bucks US per sale, and I just went, mate, I'm doing all the legwork. <laughs> it's yeah. gonna be worth more than that, you know. Um So yeah, that sort of fell down after I I have to say after I sold three trucks for him. So um, there are three more trucks on their way to New South Wales where they are at the moment in their build stage. I'm not sure because of the whole COVID thing that happened in the States and, and he shut down for quite some time, even though uh, he doesn't have a workshop as such. He's a bit like yourself, Michael, that have got behind you there. That's how he works. He works out of his own shed. And he has, yeah. you know, half a dozen guys work for him. So, um, it, and I think that's where he's able to sell the trucks for the price he sells them, because he's not paying massive overheads for factory units and, and things like that, you know. Um, and to be honest, he's probably got half a dozen illegal that he been working for, that he's paying not very much, because that's just how it goes in the States, you know.
1: Yeah, it, it, does. <laughs> it does, it does. I mean and you know the fact that he's just specializing in in those small window of trucks um you know as a business that's a smart way to do work because you you know the problems you know where to look for rust you know you know like you become a a real specialist in that like you would have back in your EH days you you know you could look at an EH in a paddock and you go it'll have rust here here and there and you know that's the sort of stuff that it saves you a lot of time and money because you sort of you become an expert on that. So sure. yeah, okay. So so truck truck finally gets on the ship and it's heading back to Australia. It's a you know it's got a static suspension. It's got a Mustang two fronts, leaf spring rear end crate yep. three fifty. It's got a turbo seven hundred. It's left yep. hand drive. At that point, are you already planning? I'm going to take it to another shop in Australia and I'm going to lay it out and airbag it and do all this other stuff. Or was it at that stage, it was just coming over and, and you were going to just drive it for a bit and flip
2: it. 18 months after, uh, or sort of, you know, 18 months when it should have already been here for nine months, it it was still, we're going to flip it and we're going to order two more and, and we're just going to go ahead with this. Yeah. Okay. It, it the time frame fell down a little bit, but hey, that's building cars. Shit happens. The um, and I and I sort of investigated why that sort of was the case because he he runs his shop like a production line. He only works on one car at a time. So and apparently the the paint shop he was using had a pretty shitty paint up, and he got seven trucks back with runs in them. So he had to have more repainted because he wasn't happy with the finished product, which is a, a, a plus for, for him, you know. Um, if he wasn't happy with it, then it got redone. You know, the only problem with that was it put everybody else in the line behind those trucks back, however along that hook to rectify. So, yeah, uh, 18 months it was still, get it here, register it, flip it, and get two more on the way um once it got to two and a half years it was well this looks like the only truck i'm ever going to get so uh let's just do what i want for this one um my my grand plan was after flipping a couple ordering one that was had a blown blown big block um you know airbag it, it, you know, everything I've wanted to do or, or, or I've done to my truck now by the big block uh, would, would have come already done from the States and, and after speaking to a very good friend of mine who airbagged my truck the very, very talented Mr Jason Lutton, um, from Twisted Garage uh, him and his boys do amazing work i'm sort of thankful that all of my suspension work was done here because some of the stories he's told me for the guys that have imported trucks that he's had to rip everything out and start all over again it, it, i'm just so glad that i didn't actually go down that track yeah no totally and
1: from you know from my point of view from the outside doing a bit of pre-interview research on, on your build. You know, you could have put your hand up and, and said, you're a bit of a genius because I, I looked at it and went, that's awesome. What he's done, he, you know, you've, you've got all the bodywork and the panel work and, and the wiring and all that stuff that is off the shelf everywhere in the States and is easier to do over there done. It's come over here, not quite stock suspension, but not bad. And then you've taken it to one of the the best shops in Australia, putting out really high quality uh, suspension work, and and then they've gone and done it to our Aussie engineering specs, and that's that's pretty much the only way to do it. You know, like you say, if you'd got someone in the states to do that, they would have put one of these right angle step notches in it, and, and or done a really bad C notch, and and you would have been tearing it all out. And and it's such a common story.
2: Yeah, that's that's exactly right. And and. Look, um, it, it, arrived. As I said, Troy looked at the car and was, was happy. And, and then I decided that Jason was going to get the car. He was going to bag it. But before it even, before I even rang Jason, I rang Troy and said, Troy, right, this is what I want. Can I do this? Is it going to pass or am I going to, you know, throw 20 grand down the drain? Or, or, or you know, have a car that I'm going to have to go and and race down the race, down the strip, and that's all, I have to and have the trailer it everywhere. Or, you know, can I actually drive this and have it registered? <laughs> and, and thankfully, I, I can't, I can't stress enough to that anybody that's going to build anything, truck. Mini doesn't matter what it is. If you're going to modify it, talk to an engineer before you even spend your first dollar. Talk to an engineer because if you spend money and you haven't done it, you may as well take that money and throw it out on the road because that's all it's, all it's good for. Yeah,
1: and, and it's it's a, it's a real trap. You know, we're we're going to have. um Good mate of mine, Josh Carter. Uh, we spoke to him in one of the first episodes. He's got he had a, ni- a really nice 52 Chevy pickup, and he's ended up selling that, and he's got a Suburban on the way now. And and when he was shopping for his Suburban, you know, we we were sending each other sales and photos, and and these great looking Suburbans and awesome patina, like everything he wanted, he'd send me, a, you know, what do you reckon? And and you'd have a look, and and they've literally just butt welded an over front clip to the old chassis and like just done all this really really scary stuff and i'm like dude you're never gonna pass that here in australia like you're gonna have to find another whole new original chassis and start again i was like it looks good but it's not good and and in the end we've actually would we'll talk about it a bit more on another podcast but he he's basically got an unrestored suburban coming that is a blank slate that we can build up and you know you you could easily have contacted someone in America and they could have put a, any one of a number of manufacturers airbag chassis under that truck yeah. and you would have all sorts of troubles in New South Wales right now trying yes. to register it so
2: exactly right uh, I mean I, I've spoken to a few guys that say you know can I bring in a 59 truck you know I love it for a TCI chassis and it's got this and it's got that and it's bagged and it's you know it, it lays out and I'm like dude don't spend your money Get detailed photos, videos, take those to an engineer and talk to him first because it's six, upwards of 60 grand you're talking about throwing away. When, when it's all said and done, it, it's, it's I, I don't know anybody that can afford to throw that amount of money down the drain. No, no, but
1: uh, yeah, I mean, that's buyer be aware. So- so let's talk about it. You, you got a parallel four link in the rear. Um, what what was the the setup there? Did you did you have a ride height plan? Was it lay frame? What what were you sort of envisaging? And and you know what did the guys at Twisted
2: um, come to you with? Look, I had I had Jason come to my home, have a look at the truck before it went there. We had a good conversation about what I wanted basically he said well i just said look mate just make it as low as you can get it that don't, don't care how you have to do it just make it low I, i'm i'm a diesel mechanic by trade but i've been out of the trade for 20 odd years so i have some mechanical aptitude this is way out of my area of expertise so and and i've heard you say before that um you know some people go to work and push a pen all day and have no mechanical aptitude so they pay someone to do it i have the mechanical aptitude i just i'm time poor I i drive a truck for a living and i I work 70 plus hours five days a week so when i get home (laughs) sleep and food is about all there is and the weekends are spent with family. So, you know, I don't have the time to be spending, you know, 9, 10, 12 hours in the shed every weekend to, to build a truck. So I just figure that, you know, I want it done properly. So I'll pay the best guys in the business to do it right the first one. Mm. Yeah. No, that's,
1: that's a good game plan. It definitely, you know... You see my truck sitting in the background, I haven't, I haven't touched that thing in a month, you know, and it's really frustrating. And, and it's because I have to spend time with my family. I've had my in-laws here for a week. Uh, you know, I run my own business and, you know, I'm as time for as the next guy. And, and it's a case of trying to find the time, you know, what do I allocate that spare time with, you know, obviously we haven't had a podcast episode out for nearly a month as we were chatting about earlier, because I just don't have the time, and and it's frustrating. Like every day, I look at my truck, or every day I think about the podcast, or I think about the shed I'm building at home, or the back deck that my wife wants, or you know, it's a thousand things. And you get an email from a customer saying, "Hey, where's my fire pit?" And I'm like, Uh, oh, you know." So look, it yeah, absolutely, and and everyone's situation's different, and everyone's situation changes. But yeah, it's it's you know, at the end of the day, right now you, your truck's done. And it looks awesome. So. That's you've waited what probably three years now for it when you thought it was going to be six to nine months. So, um, so the guys did all the suspension in it. Now, I saw you've got uh AC in it. Is that, is that a vintage air kit?
2: Yes, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, uh, and and that that was another thing you know that came about quite by chance. He wanted to charge me about two thousand dollars US to add air to the build. And that was in the process of talking to him about being, you know, the, the Australian arm of his business and, and things like that. And I'd already had one, one guy in Sydney almost on the hook to buy a truck through him. And he sort of said to me, look, you get the truck across the line, I'll throw the air in. So that, you know, that's how that came about. Um, it, it was payment for making a sale. So, and, and, you know, obviously when it's imported, it, it can't be shipped with gas in it. Um, so yes, it was all, it was all done over there, but it hadn't been tested because they couldn't gas it. It came over here. I had one guy look at it and he basically said, oh, mate, they've forgotten to hook up all the cables to the, to the, you know, Controls on the dash I stuck my head under there and had a look and went I could be wrong, but they look like little resistors hanging off the bottoms of the slide controls I'm Pretty sure this doesn't have cables at all um, So I quickly found out Which guys to take it to and which guys not to take it to Yeah because one of Troy's stipulations is it obviously has to have a working system, so you know um, that meant the air conditioning had to work. I found a I found a guy that does a few vintage air systems, or, or had done a few in, in recent years, and he looked at it, and all it required was an O-ring. He, he put a bit of gas in it, tested it. Had a bit of a, a, a weep overnight. They pulled one fitting off, saw that there was a busted o-ring, replaced it, and job done. Perfect. And you, and you're happy with the, the vintage air setup? Oh, it's, uh, it, it, I drove the car up the Blue Mountains one, one weekend when it was raining. My wife and I in the car, windows up, obviously, because it was raining, had the domestic going, and it got that cold that, uh, there was condensation starting to drip off um, the, the under-dash unit. So um, does it work Works for the furlough? It's great. Yeah. yeah. I, I haven't had it in, in the summer going yet, but uh, it, it, it seems to be every bit good enough to drive down the road on a 40-degree day and have the windows up.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and it, it's my understanding they actually make, the new units for like the Ford trucks in the States, like they got a contract because their their technology is so good. So yeah, I'm really keen to get do a whole episode on on AC because, you know, it's something that a lot of people would like to look at what's available and what options there are. And and it's something that I need to work out for my build. So um yeah, that's that'll be an upcoming episode the next couple of months, I think, because I, I really want to chase that down. So that's good to hear. What else with the uh the truck so you know you you've definitely changed the stance and the wheels and it's a it's a a really tough looking truck now so the interior was that the way you you
2: were happy with all the interior pretty much well because because when I initially went through it um it was going to be a flip so I didn't want to go with a, a an outlandish interior I just made it black so that it would appeal to a broader audience. I actually I haven't got any photos on Instagram as yet, but it's it's I've just had the, the seat retrimmed. So now, if you look at the photos of the pinstriping, there's there's a blue, a silver, and a tan in the in the pinstriping. Yeah, and I've had my trimmer trim the seat and pick a carpet that is very close the team in the pinstriping so it it all it pulls everything together. Yeah, nice. Nice. And you got you got the pinstriping
1: done there by Alan Smith the
2: The legend. It
1: looks yeah, yeah. He's he is the gun
2: pinstriper. And that's something that
1: you've always wanted? Like you pinstriping something that's you love it? Look, um
2: I never had an EH pinstripe. Only because I didn't know anybody that did it and and i've even looked into the whole uh uh stick on pinstriping, you know using vinyl stickers and things like that and and to watch alan do what he does and and for the price that he charges i couldn't say no He, he drove three and a half hours each way to come and pinstripe my car and, and for the price that he charged me, uh, yeah. let's just say that there was more money. If I was charging out my time, it would have cost whoever I charge more in travel time than what it cost to pinch strike the car. He was done in under two hours. Hmm. He, he was telling me while he was doing it that when he was a, just a wee young bloke, and uh, oh, and by the way, Happy birthday, Alan, because it's his birthday today. He used to be able to pinstripe uh, a bonneted Kenworth in four hours, and there's a hell of a lot of pinstriping in, in an old-school bonneted Kenworth. So,
1: Yeah, it's funny. I I just did uh, a whole bunch of um, artwork for a, a sign for a transport company, and <clears throat> it had a, a, a KB Series International truck, and then it had a 80s Kenworth Semi. And, you know, doing all the drawing, the design, everything on the steel to cut it all out, it was, it was quite a massive job. But, um, yeah, the the pinstriping patterns on those old trucks, they're just so classic. I love them. They're, you know, and they've all got it. Like, it's across the board. They all have
2: it. Yeah, that's right. It, it, the scroll work is just, just phenomenal. Yeah.
1: No, it's cool. It's a, a bit of a dying art. I think It's uh, there wouldn't be many kids growing up learning
2: how to do that. No, and, and and he's seventy-four today, um, and to watch his hands—they're steadier than mine. Mm. You know, I—it I, it just blows me away. I could stand and watch him in stroke all day. Mm. Yeah, it's an art, that's for sure. So, so the truck—is
1: it—is it registered and on the road, fully engineered, everything's finished, or is there still a few
2: things you're getting ticked off? So, um, it's currently on Club Bridger, um, because I, I had it Club Bridger'd before I did the suspension and stuff like that. I have, have three things left to tick off my engineers list. Um, I need to get a weight certificate, so I've got to put it over a weight bridge. I've just, uh, I've just had the Holly Sniper EFI system fitted um yeah. because the the fuel pump that was on the truck uh electric fuel pump that came from the states when you turn the ignition on it wouldn't cut out up once it got to pressure and, and that was one of troy's stipulations that that the fuel pump had to cut out and i said to him at the time that i had plans of doing the efi and he said well that'll solve that issue once you've done that so that's now done Oh, and I have to, with those 20 inch wheels, I have to get some spigot rings for the front just so that they sit nicely on the, on the hubs. Uh, yeah. and, and, and then it can go and have its brake test and, and get the, uh, the 55 truck plates that I have on hold at
1: the, at the RMS. Yeah, cool. And does Troy, when you weigh it, does Troy want, a front and back weight or is it just a overall weight? He
2: actually hasn't said, he just said, um, a weight certificate. So
1: yeah. Yeah.
2: I I, I assume just, just an overall.
1: Yeah. Just a GVM kind of setup. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. No, it's awesome, mate. It's, um, you know, long time coming, I suppose, but, but really, really nice truck in the finish, you know, and, uh, I see, you know, you even posted a photo. You know, I took it out in the rain and, and I, I think that's cool. You know, like you build a truck and you're just going to drive it. So that,
2: that's what it's all about. That's right. I've had, I've had show condition EHs. I've had rough EHs. I've had, you know, rough cars. I've had nice cars. And, and if you can't drive them, then why build them? You know? And, And, and that's, that's another reason why I like the cleaner look because you can, if, if a shopping trolley runs into it, then who cares? But I do also like a nice paint job. Yeah. yeah. It, it doesn't matter what it looks like. If you can't drive it, then you, you, know, I'm not, I'm not a trailer cleaner and I don't detail the underside of my vehicles because I drive them. Yeah. Yeah. No,
1: that's, that's fair enough. Um, Cool, so the other question I have for you, you know, you, you've posted a few photos of the floodwaters. Is, is that all subsided now? Is, is life coming back to sort of normal for you guys up
2: there? Yeah, um, it's, um, so, so the floods reached about 13.1 meters. Our house sits at, at about 24 meters, so the water was a long way from coming in into our house. But some of the photos that you see there, it was only 200 meters away as it growth like from, from my doorstep. 10 meters in height, obviously, but a lot of people where we live in Pitsyon, um uh, and, and, in in Town Bottom mainly, there was, there's a street that you can walk down. The, the street sort of goes down on a 30 degree angle and stops. It's a dead end street and then there's grass. But, from where i was standing at the end of the bitumen where the where the grass started that was where the water came to uh I, i'm gonna say 10 12 meters from where i was standing there was a six meter by six meter shed with three meter walls and a gable roof that you couldn't see right wow. And it was only ten to twelve meters from where I was standing, and I've been back there since the water has receded. Receded, sorry. And yep, sure enough, there's that shed standing there, and yeah, it's just the 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 amount of water was just not like anything I've seen in my entire life. You know, I've I've watched on TV. You know, you 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 see people. In Queensland or in Victoria, that, that you know suffer through floods and things like that, and 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 you sort of think, oh, that's, that's poor bastards," you know. Yeah. Uh, but it, it doesn't really hit home until it's you know 100 meters from your house, or less than 100 meters from your house. And, and we have a we have a Facebook page for the community, and they're you know so much so that there was a couple of kids riding push bikes through the floodwater. It wasn't very deep, but the, these poor kids just didn't understand that when they ride their bikes through the floodwater, their bike creates a bow wave, and that bow wave then was rippling and going into people's houses. That was just how fine a line it was between them having water inside and not having water inside so the the poor kids on the bikes told to uh, cease and desist rather quickly yeah we i
1: i went to high school in a little town called banala down here in country victoria and i remember back in 1993 we had some major floods through there and same thing you know the shopkeepers had sandbagged as much as they could up all their windows and doors and and the floodwaters were at that that just that level. It was about three feet deep through the main street, and and a couple of dickheads in four wheel drives decided to go for a drive through the middle of it, and every shop got filled with water. And you know, it's people don't know, they don't understand, but it's it's just you don't need to be there. Just bugger off. But yeah, no, I'm glad yeah. to hear that that you you know that you personally didn't get flooded, and that you know that it's all subsided. It's it's not floods. It's Bloody fires or something. There's always something going on around the country.
2: Yeah, that's right. Um, and uh, you know, I, I'm I'm an RFS member also. So you know, last year we were we were dealing with fires, and and this year, yeah, yeah even last year we had a, a minor flood, or what you would call minor now. After this recent one, last year they were calling it a once in fifty year flood. But that didn't even have
1: a patch on what we've just seen. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. No, there's a lot going on. I I was on I'm a CFA member down here, I was on the truck today. We had a lightning strike up up in the bush. So thankfully it was um I think the rain put it out or it was a false alarm. I'm not sure which, but we got turned around. So um no, that's good. It's good to see uh you know, that community spirit, I suppose, is what it's all about too. You know, when you live semi rural, it's uh it's important.
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, yes, yes, we're, we're semi rural, but, you know, I'm on a 550 square meter block. Uh, I I wouldn't say I'm semi rural, but, you know, two streets away from me is semi rural, you know, five acre properties and and stuff like that. So they're the sort of people that that needed the help. Yeah. And and it it came in in droves um, from from everybody in in our local community and from outside of our local community also, so you know, it, it just it just goes to show that when we as Australians need help, there are plenty of us that that offer it. So
1: yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely, cool, mate. Well, look, we might wrap it up there. If people want to check out this build, you have an Instagram page. You're at 55 underscore TRCK, so it's truck without the U. Yeah. Um, You know, and people can sort of give you a little bit of a follow and, and have a look at, at what you've done. Um, If anyone's got any questions about getting a truck built over there, I'm sure they can give you a PM and have a chat to you. And, you know, obviously you've had positive and negative experiences with all that. And, and you know, that's there, – there's no right or wrong situation for anyone, I don't think. There's always – uh, certain situations can work, and and some don't. So, yeah, really, really good to hear your story, and I, you know, and I'm I'm glad that I'm sure you went through that that year and a half of pulling what hair you had left out and uh, <laughs> and trying to, you know, is this guy just sending me some bloody photos he's got from someone else's truck and and he's run off with my money? Like you just don't know. Yeah,
2: and and that was the thought, you know, like, am I getting photos that are actually my truck, or, or, or am I getting photos that are God knows how old, um, God knows what vehicle I'm actually seeing photos of? But in his defence, I mean, you know, he he, he sent me photos of, of every stage of the build, and, and if I rang him and asked for a specific photo, um, take the take the the battery location, for instance. Um, on a 55 they're normally located on the passenger side on the firewall and, and i said to him look i, I don't want that I, I want it mounted under the cab out of the engine bay and, and his sort of response was well no one does that here in the states we all mount them in the firewall but the, the, you're building it for me the way i want it and i'm not in the states. so put it under the truck <laughs> so um you know, there was, there was some teething issues like that, but it, as a whole, it, if, if the worst thing I had to endure was 18 months longer than I should have waited for the price I paid, yeah, streets ahead, streets, street's ahead. Street's ahead. And, and, and even, even the money that I've spent on the truck here in Australia, on top of what I paid. To purchase the vehicle i'm still sure happy days
1: all right well i look forward to seeing it in the flesh one day uh hopefully uh we can hopefully we can get you down to our truck show it's uh sounds like it's definitely going ahead i'm gonna gonna have an episode coming up soon we're gonna have a good chat about all that but um yeah there's a few things brewing but there's plenty of car shows and cars and coffees and they're all back happening again covid's sort of Settled down for us all, thank God, and uh, yeah, it's really good to see swap meets and there was a big show up at Nerangura last weekend, and uh, yeah, just great to see people out enjoying their vehicles. Oh, and, and just on
2: that, um, the plan is to go to to Cooley this year. Um, so, so for anybody that's that's going to Cooley, happens to see my truck, just have me on the shoulder salve. Yeah,
1: absolutely, always. Everyone's happy to talk about their truck and and meet other enthusiasts. So it's really good to hear. All right, mate. Well, really appreciate your time, Wes, and uh, and we'll catch up with you at some stage in the future.
2: Thanks, mate. Cheers.
0: Well, that's the show for this week. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. All information shared in our episodes is general, and you should contact your engineer for advice on your build. Please remember to rate and review the podcast on iTunes and share it with friends and fellow enthusiasts on Facebook, iTunes, or the good old word of mouth. I appreciate hearing feedback, good and bad, so please feel free to shoot me an email, classicpickuppodcast at gmail.com. If you are interested in advertising on the podcast and have a relevant business, please get in touch. And finally, if you have a project you're building, it can be hard to find the time to work on it. Just spend 15 minutes a day, Even if you only unbolt one panel or mount one bracket, you'll be amazed at how quickly it all adds up. The music you hear in the background of this podcast is called Hammer On Down by Uncle Bonehead. Until next week, enjoy the ride.